BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Paper Out. As you can see, Brandon and I, we're dressed in all black like the Omen. It's a rainy like day. Like you know me. No, it's like the omen. Oh, I thought he said like you know me. It's first of all, she says it. Little Kim says it. Oh, <laughs> is that on a Jay-Z? Uh, no, Jesus. Dressing all black like you know me. Like the omen. Okay, we got to run that after okay. the show. <laughs> anyway, while Brandon looks up his lyrics to songs that he should know the lyrics to, Guess what day it is? <laughs> it's Hump Day. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Humpty. Look at Humpty. Let's go. Day. I need Humpty. I slept in this morning, Ashley. I ain't gonna hold you. You did. Like I needed. I needed this. I thought you forgot. You came in so smooth and so subtle. I was like, oh, she forgot. I'm gonna have to remind her that it's Wednesday. No, I always remember it's Hump Day. That's oh, I my day. You forgot. I needed this. All right, guys. Now that we had hump day, we're here. We got the incest going. We got the coffee flowing. flowing. Um, we're going to dive into some Wednesday headlines. There's a lot of stuff going on, whether it's the NBA, the NFL, everything in between. So let's talk about some things. Brandon, yep. what you got for us? Bill Belichick. We talked about Bill Belichick a uh, little over a month and a half ago, I believe, when he went to Germany. There were reports that said um, if they don't make it out with a win, uh, that might be the moment where they let him go. That didn't make much sense to me. Um but is Bill Belichick era over? Those reports are starting to circulate again, mm-hmm. and they're hot on the press. Listen, I know you guys are asking, where's B-Flow? He's somewhere meditating. He'll be back next week. Um, <laughs> he's in the Himalayas somewhere. In the Himalayas. Himalayas. He might be in a darkness retreat or <laughs> yeah. to Aaron Rodgers. He might be in Chile doing some ayahuasca. I don't know. He's somewhere around in the world, but he'll be back next week. So um, I know you guys are asking where he's at. Um, listen, Draymond, the gift that keeps on giving. Did you watch the Suns Golden State game last night? <clears throat> is, no? it, is it March? <laughs> actually, well, listen, I watched. No, actually, I did. I did. I watched. There was it. actually two really you good games that? on last night. I watched the Lakers and the Mavs go yeah, at it. Came down okay. to the wire. It was. It was a good game. They lost by two. It was a two-point uh, difference between the winner. Oh, is it March? <laughs> Jesus. Um, AD and and LeBron both had thirty plus in that game, and they still okay. lost. But it was a close game. I believe one seventeen, one fifteen was the final score. Great game. And then uh, Golden State Phoenix had a pretty good game yep. for about three and a half quarters, and then the Suns ran away with it. But the story coming out of that game 
is once again Draymond Green for um, a hit on Nurkic. We're going to go ahead and uh, see the video, talk about it. But, I mean, this is another ejection for Draymond. It's three already into the season. And I mean, there's rules. Obviously, you get a certain amount of ejections. It turns into a suspension. That's right. Um, we'll, we'll dive into that in a little bit. But first. Three? <coughs> three already. God, Dre? What's Dre going yeah, through? Yeah, he's a, he's a – He's a little he's a little bit of a loose cannon. Um, we'll talk about that in just a second. But first, we're going to talk Belichick. Listen, there was a report last night per NBC Sports Boston, this is via Tom Curran, that the Patriots are reportedly planning on moving on from Bill Belichick after the season. Now, it's re- being reported that the final straw for the Patriots was the embarrassing loss to the Colts in Germany. Now, as we spoke about on this show, that was circulating for a while that that was going to kind of be the catalyst of whether or not uh, Bill Belichick remained the head coach for the New England Patriots or if the Patriots decided that after this season, it was best to go ahead and move on from him. Um, it looks like, again, we don't know the the full scope of this report you don't know how factual in factual where you know those discrepancies lie um the tweet was kind of repurposed all over twitter and then it was deleted by a few um accounts so take that with a grain of salt but i feel like it is believable right. in a sense considering how bad the patriots have been doing um, it's a very far cry from the Tom Brady era Patriots that we are familiar with. Um, but I will say this. I feel like the question that we've constantly been having or the conversation we've constantly been having is, should the Patriots move on from Bill Belichick? Right. But I actually feel like the question is, is should Bill Belichick even want to coach this team? Right. And right. I said right. when we had this conversation a few days ago or last week, I believe, What's there for, like, if he, let's say, let's just play devil's advocate Mm -hmm. and say he does stay as the head coach. He's essentially in the same situation that he's in right now with Mac Jones because let's say you don't get the quarterback that you want. And we talk about this all the time. When you draft a quarterback in the first round, it's a big gamble. That's right. He either turns into the second coming of Joe Montana or he's a bum. That's right. You know, well, And I don't want to say bum, but he's a bust. Yeah. I'll say bust. Or it could take a couple years. Not everybody's or the middle, of the, the middle of the road is, is that right. it's a longer process than you expected. Mac Jones was supposed to be the new golden child. He was supposed to be Bill Belichick's new project. Yep. Not saying he was going to be Brady, but he was supposed to go ahead and be the new successor and exist within this franchise for X amount of years. Right. It's clearly not the case. So playing devil's advocate here, you don't know what quarterback will fall in your lap. You don't know if the quarterback that you draft even wants to go to New England. What if he pulls an Eli Manning and says, I'm not going there. You don't know which quarterbacks are even going to go ahead and declare for the draft yet. There are quarterbacks that are still deciding. Mm -hmm. And also, you don't know what quarterback you get and if it's even going to work. And let's say that it does work and it takes X amount of years. You still have... Everything else offensively you have to address. It's very hard to get free agents in New England post-Tom Brady because nobody wants to play with Mac Jones. The Patriots' way is something that you really only buy into when you're going to play with the GOAT because they're like, well, I'm going to win. You don't have that same same cachet anymore in the football world. So, like, I feel like Bill Belichick's saying he'll be in the same situation next year and the cycle of frustration starts all over again. Yeah, 
Bill Belichick actually has options, a lot of options. He does. You know, and, and, and a lot of us are just looking at the NFL landscape, mm-hmm. right? And there might be some other head coaching vacancy that can open up uh, because of Bill Belichick, right, if he's free. Now, it wouldn't make much sense for the Patriots just to let him go because there's a lot of value in Bill Belichick. I do believe they could potentially get a first-round rounder for Bill Belichick. There's a lot of desperate teams out there that feel like they're a head coach a Bill Belichick away. But the options for Bill Belichick, they go beyond the NFL. Mm. Bill Belichick next year mm. is going to be I'm listening. I'm on just calling TV. up a report. Bill Belichick's going to be on ESPN, potentially, but I see him more of a Fox guy. You think Bill I Belichick can't see has him a CBS? personality for television? Yeah. He doesn't even want to do Absolute, interviews. Absolutely. Watch. He's going to have – Bill Belichick is going to be on TV next year. What did he do two weeks ago? He went on a, a college game day. Oh, he was actually very entertaining on college game day. Exactly. But he was a guest. He wasn't hosting. He's going to he have the He wasn't being perfect... an analysis, like giving analysis. It wasn't. You see how they created, uh, and this is Omaha Productions, the Mannings, right? Like they did something different. Like, and mm-hmm. that was perfect for them, uh, creating the Manny cast. Mm-hmm. I can't see Bill Belichick sitting there on a, a Sunday show for 10 hours looking at games. I don't see that. I see Bill Belichick in a Bill Belichick way. Mm-hmm. It could be one-on-one interviews, like him interviewing people. It could be him just showing up at the game on a week. Like Bill Belichick is either going to be in front of the television next year. He seems like a Fox guy. Fox, Fox. I can see Fox going out there throwing a crazy bag and bringing the Patriot way there. Tom Brady is going to be active next year there. The Gronk is already there. Julian Edelman is already there. Or I see Bill Belichick in college. I see Bill Belichick, in, you know, in a major D1, uh, 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 you know, university. So don't be surprised if Bill Belichick says, you know what? I'm going to go take my talents over here in a different space. Or even if it's just a strategy, because that's what a lot of these coaches do. They may take a year or two years off and then come back to it. He doesn't have to rush into it. Why wouldn't he take a year? If I'm him, I would take a year and wait for the perfect situation. So. Um... Okay. I mean, it's interesting, but I mean, like you said, going to more of a football stance, there are teams that are looking for a head coach. You know, one of the teams, I I went on my little rant yesterday, if you will, um, about the Chargers and Brandon Staley not being the coach. You said you liked Josh McCowan. I said that I feel like Bill Belichick would be perfect in that situation. I feel like Justin Herbert is exactly the quarterback that – Bill Belichick can take to that next level. Mm -hmm. He already has all the intangibles. He's athletic, has a great arm, has a great football IQ. He's a freak athlete. Like, if you've watched him play from college until now, imagine what he can do with that Bill Belichick Jedi mind trick situation that Mm -hmm. him and Tom Brady Mm -hmm. had for so long. It would be incredible. I feel like he needs a quarterback at this stage in his career. Remember, Bill Belichick's older. He, mm-hmm. it, he's not, you know, a spring chicken anymore. Is he 67, 68 or something? And, like that? I mean, that's not to knock his age at all because you see Pete Carroll run up and down the sidelines right. like he's 25 years old, so I'm not knocking that. What I'm saying is, is that at this stage in his game, when he got Brady and that relationship de- was starting and was developing, Bill Belichick was younger. He had more maybe desire to, from the ground up, mold a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think 
it's beneficial to him to still have a quarterback he can mold, but maybe that he doesn't have to mold completely because Justin Herbert's 50% done. Mm-hmm. The other 50% is the easy part. It's all here. You're right, right, it's all right. like fundamental. It, it's all building on what you already And put have. him in the right environment. Right, and making sure that, that the team around him is conducive for what he wants to mm-hmm. accomplish with Justin Herbert, what he wants to accomplish with the team. Yep. I just don't see him at this stage in his career getting a quarterback from the draft and really wanting to, from the ground up, start from zero. Listen, sometimes you need fresh starts. For sure, we've seen this in corporate America, people running Fortune 500, Fortune 200 companies and being there for 15, 20, 30 years. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. things change a little bit. There's a dip in the market, you know, numbers uh, on a decline. But they've done a phenomenal job over the tenure of their career uh, at that particular spot. And then they let that person go. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people need fresh starts. Sometimes, you know, it's just time. But for me, the best, if we're going to stay in the NFL, the best spot for Bill Belichick, maybe not the New England Patriots, but for Bill Belichick, is the New England Patriots. I don't think we realize how hard it is to get everyone aligned in the organization, in the NFL, like the stuff that we talked about with Pat Riley and the, and, uh, the heat way, uh, where shit just stays tight, it doesn't get out of the building. So now you got to go to... The Chargers, who you picked, right? Who, right? Which would be a great, a great spot. Great team for him. But now you got to get aligned with the ball boys, the grounds crew, uh, the scouting department. Hell, forget that. That's the easy part. The coaches, the, the scouting may take some time. But we were talking about people who have relationships in this building in the community for 20, 25 years. How Bill Belichick will pull out his hair, all the leaks that will be getting out. Look what Aaron Rodgers and the Jets just talked about just a week ago. So, for me, Bill Belichick and the Patriots, for Bill Belichick, the Patriots is the best spot if he wants to stay in the NFL. But there are teams that could be interesting there. AFC East will never happen. But if we say, like, okay, what if the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, there go your quarterback. Um, Mm -hmm. Now you go to the AFC North. The AFC North is good. I don't think no one's going to make a move there. Now, there is a um, not-so-smart uh, owner in Cleveland. Well, he's smart, but he's like a savage. He could potentially do something dumb, but, you know, I don't see them making a move. Uh, the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans. What happens to Vrabel? Does Vrabel get out of no, there? No, there's no, some no, talks no, that no. Vrabel, like, no. there's some talks. There are some talks I, that. Uh, I don't think it's a Vrabel problem. That, I think it's a Tannehill problem. Yeah, but there's some talks that Robert Kraft may want Vrabel. Uh-uh. Okay. I don't know. So, I don't know. I can't see Bill Belichick Tennessee, in Tennessee. Okay. All right. That's the AFC South. The AFC West. Mm-hmm. Can you see him in Vegas? You already got him. You see him in, 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 in LA with the Chargers. With Derek Carr and a, and a non-existent offense. Can no. he go trade for Justin Fields? Because that's talk as well that Bill Belichick and the Patriots, there's the Patriots, there's the uh, Steelers. And there may be one other team that has Justin Fields on no, their radar. No, because I feel like at this point, Justin Fields and the, the the Bears aren't losing enough to get a high draft pick. And if they were getting a high draft pick, they were probably going to go quarterback. They're not going to be high enough to get one now. Okay. So you can take them. They're winning too many games at this point. So not the Raiders? No. And not Justin Fields Honestly, over. for me, you want, okay, keep going. Okay, now go you NFC, got the, my N- the NFC, NFC East. Cowboys, y'all straight over there? We're good. You sure? Oh, now you good. We coming in the season, though. Mike McCarthy was on the hot seat, so he's good. Sure. He's he's, he's good. He's gotten for much better. If they if they get to the if they get to the uh, or they going to make it to the playoffs, they lose in the first round. 
Are they good? Or is he good? It depends on the game that Mike McCarthy Doesn't calls. matter. He lose. It depends on the game oh that Mike McCarthy Oh, my goodness. If he calls. The man got the, the, No, no, no. The, the, the knock against Mike McCarthy is not whether or not he's a good coach. Mm-hmm. It's, his, it's his play calling and, and lack of creativity or lack of really watching the game unfold in real time and adjusting. So if the Cowboys were to lose in the first round. Right. And let's say they lose by a field goal. But Mike McCarthy calls it an incredible game, and it just came down to the wire. Like, that happens sometimes. It's not necessarily about, like, who outcoached who. It sometimes just comes down to that one, who had the ball in the hair and laughed. Okay. If that's the case, Mike McCarthy's safe. Now, if he calls a shit game, he's got to go. He's got to go? Yeah, because you, once right again, now. once again, when it counted the most, you called a, a terrible game. Mike so. McCarthy needs to be up for, he, 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 damn, he might be, who, coach of the year candidate. Why not? Like, what Maybe. are we talking about? Maybe. I'm I'm super impressed with Coach but McCarthy. Pick, I didn't think he was going to be able to turn this offense around the way he did. But what? my pick's actually in that conference, in that division. So. The Commanders, mm-hmm. Ashley? Talk to me about it. I don't think Ron Rivera is the coach. And, and this is no knock because I loved Ron Rivera in, in Carolina. Him mm-hmm. and Cam had a great relationship, I felt like. And you saw that. Riverboat won't run. Yeah, you saw that unfold on the field. Um, I just don't think that he's I feel like this team needs too much work and I just don't see him as the coach that's going to go ahead and make the changes necessary to take them to where they need to be and again as an NFC East rival continue sucking like that works in my favor it's one less team I have to worry about but from just an objective standpoint I don't know if he's the coach for this team and I feel like that could be I feel like they have a good quarterback there Yep. And I feel like Bill Belichick, they have a good quarterback. They have a good defense. Their their offensive line needs work. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like Bill Belichick they, could go ahead and, and, and do that. I feel I like he's going to be – I feel like Ron Rivera is actually going to be out. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Ron, I think Ron Rivera is done. Um, the thing that's exciting about the commanders would be new ownership, right? Like new ownership. Magic is like the face of that ownership group has a percentage – uh, minority stake in, in the Washington Commanders, but it seems like they're excited about not only making a splash on the field, but even like moving the stadium potentially back to DC or to think, DC. Do you think that they, if Ron Rivera is out, which is what the um, and we'll wrap this convo up real quick, guys. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> People I know like, we're like, having a good time I talking know, about like, this. I know Brian's like wrap it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you think though, real quick on this, if Bill Belichick, I mean, if if Ron Rivera is out. Which it's it's which it probably is going to be. Do you think they upgrade Eric Benemy and not look elsewhere? I think that's a possibility. But you know I, he's been he's been trying. Yeah, right. But it doesn't seem to happen for him. Yeah, this might be the year for him that he gets uh, gets his opportunity. Um, we'll move it on. But you got the NFC North, the Chicago Bears, the Minnesota Vikings, NFC South. We're talking about Bill Belichick here. Uh, where can he be if he wants to be somewhere in football? Uh, I say that he. Uh, will be in front of a camera. Fox seems like the perfect fit for him. Could be a one-year deal, two-year type deal, then get back into ball. But also, I have Bill Belichick potentially um, in college football. I think that would be great for him, running a huge uh, Power 5 program. Ashley thinks he's staying in the NFL, right? And potentially the the landing spot will be the Los Angeles Chargers. NFC South, there's opportunities, and the NFC North. But we will move the conversation along. This is Brandon Marshall, Ashley Nicole Mosh, Faction Talk Channel 103, sitting here on YouTube. Draymond? 
We're going to go ahead and move on to Draymond Green now. So, like I said earlier in the show, some good basketball games were on last night, and the Warriors and Suns were one of them. Now, what happened in the game, though, however, is once again raising some questions. Now, bear with me here. So the Suns and the Golden State Warriors face off against each other in Phoenix. No Kevin Durant, unfortunately, but that seemed to not be an issue for the Suns because Devin Booker, Bradley Beal held down the fort. But that's not the storyline. The storyline is once again Draymond Green getting ejected for his antics on the court. Now, this is Draymond's third ejection of the season out of just 15 games played. So here is the play where he and Nurkic get tangled up and Draymond slaps him across the face. So if you didn't see it, here it is one more time. They get tangled up. He barely grabs him by the waist. Draymond spins around, slaps him in the face, and Nurkic hits the ground. Now, even Draymond's own teammate on the bench put his hands up, was like, yo, what are you doing? Here it is one more time. Mm. Hits him across the face. Now, this comes after Draymond... Um, just two weeks after Draymond returned from a five-game suspension for putting Rodi Gobert in a chokehold, we all remember that, um, the Warriors would go on to lose this game. And um, listen, the play was immediately called as a foul and it was later upgraded to a flagrant two, which is an automatic ejection. Draymond later post-game said that he usually does not apologize for things that he means to do, but he did not mean to do that to Nurkic. It essentially, mm. it was a basketball movement, which it's not. Um, and Nurkic, did he apologize? He apologized, you know, in his po in his presser, and Nurkic simply responded by saying, or when he was asked about it, he simply said that brother needs help. That's what he. That's said. what he said. He said, "quote That brother needs help." Wow. And he said that um, brother, too. He said that. Yeah, he said that brother needs that help. He's brother word. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about Draymond. Give it to us. This is why, it, this is flush. If I'm a Golden State Warrior fan, if I'm in that locker room, there needs to be a serious conversation had here. Mm -hmm. Because ejections happen in the game. And sometimes they happen for stupid things. Jokic was ejected because the ref didn't like how he was talking to him. That's an ego trip. Draymond seems to be incapable of controlling his yeah. emotions. And when you are the enforcer on a team, which is what he is, mm -hmm. your emotions are your strength, but they can also be your deficit. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is, is that that energy is, is, is definitely um, transferred to the rest of the team. So you are definitely the player who's in that locker room. Let's go, let's go. You're on the side. Let's go, let's go. Like you're getting in guys' face. You're the enforcer protecting you guys. That's fantastic. But when it affects the outcomes of games, which it has affected more times than it should this early in the season, mm -hmm. that's a conversation that needs to be had. You're getting ejected from games against teams that your team needs you for. You're not facing, you know, right. no shade to the Chicago Bulls because anything can happen in the NBA. But there are certain teams you expect, you know, whether or not you got a full bench, whether or not all your starters are playing, you can still win because they're just not that good. You're going against the Phoenix Suns, which some people still believe, and, and remember, it's early in the season, can go all the way. Your team needs you. You're yeah, now becoming – 
you're becoming problematic to the <clears throat> greater outcome of the team, which is to win games. Mm -hmm because you're incapable of controlling your emotions. There's nothing wrong for being a passionate player. There's nothing wrong with defending your guys. That was uncalled for. Run that play he again. barely touched you. And the fact that you slap him across the face and that gets you ejected, now the Warriors are down a guy that they need. They need Draymond to win games. This is ridiculous. Right, right. So, the only thing that's concerning for me, Ashley, is that it's early in the season and this is the third ejection. But outside of that, like if I'm, I'm gonna use your, I'm gonna use your 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 scenario here. Like if I'm a a, a Warriors fan, if I'm in that locker room, you know, you, you say, you're saying like you'll feel some type of way. If I'm in that locker room, if I'm a Warriors fan, like I'm fine with this. You shouldn't be. No, I'm fine. Let me tell you why I'm fine with it because I know what comes with Draymond. I know what comes with an enforcer. It's the same thing with Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman was in those same situations where, how many times have, did we see Dennis Rodman running off the court, taking off his jersey, half naked before he even gets into the tunnel, throws his jersey in the stands and keep it moving? Now he's on a plane to Vegas. Like this is what come with these type of guys. Like I would say, well, it's not even say. It's like facts that. These antics, this energy, those emotions have brought more good to the to the Warriors than bad. Like you just have it's like playing, it's like having a diva wide receiver. They, they might get a they might get a penalty for excessive celebration. They might get into a fight with Josh Norman. They may freaking throw their helmets down on the sideline, but that's what comes with it. So if I'm in that locker room, yeah, there's times where you're like, damn, it's a little too much, it's too far. But this is what makes Draymond Draymond. And this is what made the war makes the Warriors the Warriors. Like he is the he Steph Curry, cool, all of that. But Draymond Green, he's the one that pushes everything on the court, off the court, in practice, in game. So I'm fine with it. I'm a, why I don't agree with you and why I'm going to push back on that is because this isn't the 90s. The game has changed. Mm -hmm. As much as people, you know, you know, 90s elitists may like to, you know, reminisce on the old days. Back in the day, it's not back in the day. It's almost 2024. Okay, so that's first and foremost. You can't just go around being that physical with other players. It's not the way the game is constructed anymore. And the reason why I say this is a problem is because... These are now becoming self-inflicted wounds that are hurting mm -hmm. your team. They're not hurting the other team. They're giving the other team an advantage. If you look at the breakdown of this game, they lost by three. So in the first quarter, the Warriors and the Suns scored the same amount of points. The second quarter, the Warriors outscored the Suns. In the third quarter, that's when Draymond got ejected somewhere in that third quarter, the Suns were able to outscore the Warriors by four. Then in the fourth quarter, the Suns outscored the Warriors again to ultimately win the game. Draymond's defense matters. Mm -hmm. What Draymond brings to the court matters. So when you remove that, you put your team at a disadvantage. So when you're incapable of controlling your emotions enough to where you're still the enforcer, you're still the pit bull of that team, but you're also remembering that your team needs you on the court, you not in the locker the fence, room. Though. But see, you that's why I disagree. You like, but you can't, you can't be a, you can't be an asset to your team in the locker room. It, this, but it comes with it. It's, it's, you know, given more uh, examples of it. It's like in, going back to football. It's that guy on the defensive side that continues to lower his head, or even it's the defensive end hitting the quarterback. Like let him go. It's like two things you know. It's going to come with a lot of fines, and they may not be available 
for the whole game or the next game. This, what, this is what comes with guys that play with this type of emotion, this type of rage, this type of anger. So, yes, you're right. There's times where, you know, they shoot themselves in the foot. They, uh, they hurt the team. But they bring more good. Like a Draymond Green brings more good. He's not bringing more good, though. You have, Not in this situation, have, he didn't. In, but in this season, overall. In this season, he's not. You have Klay Thompson, who's a big question mark right now. So that already hurts the Warriors from a scoring standpoint. Draymond, you're not expecting him to score 20 points a game. You need his defensive edge. You need his ball handling. You need him out there facilitating. You're already down. Clay Thompson, you can't beat down another piece, a pivotal piece of your offense and your defense and expect to win these games. That's why I'm talking about their self-inflicted. I get it. Draymond's whole game is I'm the bully, I'm Draymond. But you're hurting your team in the process. And there has to be a conversation that's had that, look, we get that your game, but you got to dial it back because all you're doing is hurting us. This is his third ejection in 15 games. Right. That is, like, unheard of. So what's going on with Draymond? I don't know. Is everything it, cool? Like, whatever it is, no he, personal needs, stuff, he needs the to house figure cool. it out. He <laughs> needs to figure it Family out. Family good. Like, we know the money good. They just gave him a crazy contract. Why the hell they gave this dude all that money? Clutch sports is a powerful thing, but still, you need Draymond needs to figure out how to find an equilibrium. And he's and and do it's you, it's not impossible because if you look at Draymond in his earlier years, he was able to do it. In the past few years, his his pitbull mentality has overcome right, yeah. his mentality of knowing what's good do, for his team and what's not good for the team. Do you see Draymond Green finishing this year in a Warriors jersey? He's of course. Where's where he gonna go? They pay somebody him. can trade for him. What do you mean? That doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. The Lakers, maybe they're not his boy. A little bro, if they were gonna between him and LeBron James. If they were gonna trade for him, they would have done it already. I'm saying you never know. You have, you but you also have to look at Draymond. You just history. sit if you're in that locker room. If you're in, if you're a Warriors fan, think about this history though. You have three ejections in 15 games this season mm -hmm. alone. The season is a lot of games. Yeah, now. right, right. We can, <laughs> Are we're, we even we're a quarter in? Yeah. And after a certain amount of ejections, it's a suspension. Another right. suspension coming his way. Sorry. He's already missed five for the choking of, of Rudy Gobert. The choking was not a choking. The he grabbed him. Sorry. <laughs> the, last the year, it was the Jordan Poole situation. <laughs> right. Whether or not you think Jordan Poole deserved it, whatever, it was a Jordan Poole situation, and that hurt the the – the vibe of the Golden State Warriors that season. Jordan Poole didn't want to be around him. Draymond Green didn't want to be around Jordan Poole. The locker room was divided. We can even go back even further. What, what, 2015 what? in second, the finals. One second. Hey, Wu, see if you can find the clip. I believe it was uh, uh, Mike Epps. They did a – he had a show in Oakland. And the Golden State – this is years ago. And the Warriors came. They were in attendance. Clay was there. Steph Curry was there. Dre was there with his lady. And he did a skit of uh, Draymond being on the bench, and the coach said, go get him. See if we can pull that clip of Mike Epps oh. talking about Draymond. We're going to run that Draymond, back. But Draymond did the same thing in 2015 in the finals. What happened? He got ejected. He, did they win? He took the bait. Did they win? Cleveland won. Oh, okay. He took Dang. the bait. Dang. He took, Dang, Dre. He took the bait. Got himself ejected and was suspended the next game. They were up 3-1. That's probably why he was mad. Wasn't that the year they was up 3-1? It was the year against Cleveland. Were they up 3-1? Yes. I would have did the same Got thing. himself ejected in a game where they could have just sealed the deal. 
And then next game was suspended, and that gave the the what? Cleveland Cavaliers the option, not the option, the ability to go right. ahead and extend the series and ultimately win it. Dang. It is a self-inflicted wound that he keeps Sometimes reopening. He goes, too far. he goes too far, bro. Like you did not have to smack that man across the <laughs> face like that. What did he do? That's what I want to know. What did What did he do? Oh, go on the podcast, Drake. Go on your podcast. He didn't do and tell anything. Us what he did. If you roll the video one more time, if you watch. Nurkic no, is just grabbing him like a normal. Look, he's barely grabbing him, and um, smacks him across the face. Um, what makes what makes a player think they can get away with it? You know how many cameras, and how many how many cameras are on the court? How many people are watching this? Like, what makes you think that you're going to get away with this, Trey? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> what made him think that no one was going to see this? Like, you had to be, you had to know. Like, soon as you do this, oh, I'm about to get thrown out. Like you, there's other ways. There's other ways that you can, you know what I mean, get a little tough and. And correction, get, I said 2016, 2015 finals. It was the 2015, 2016 season, but it was technically the 2016 finals because okay. it, it comes after. That's the chat it. correcting you? No, I I was doing the math in my head and I was a little bit off. Ash, um, oh, Ash, I see you. Yeah, there. I put it in there. You changed, 2015, you changed your, your 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 photo, your no, avatar. It's been like in that. Yeah, a little. It's yeah, been like that. It up a little bit. No, it's been like that. What up, Christy O? What up, Justin Case? What up, Pigs? Pigs 76, King Cook. <laughs> I never forget the first time I saw King Cook uh, in the chat. I was like, King. What's wrong with Cook? You don't well, like I didn't cook? say Cook. You know, it was a long time. Oh, you <laughs> did? You said, uh, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> they have the video for you, Brandon. Oh, let's Your run it. Your wish is let's their command. It. Watch this. This is Draymond Green. So here, we're talking about Draymond Green. Uh, 15 games in. He's now facing his third suspension. Uh, this is uh, a big deal to Ashley. Not a big deal for me. But Mike Epps told us who Draymond Green was years ago. Let's run this clip. My man, Draymond Green in the house. That motherfucker's crazy right there, that motherfucker Green. He get it in, yeah. You need a motherfucker on the team like that. He jump up in everybody's face. I be watching them sick him on motherfuckers. He be sitting on the bench and somebody hit his leg. And the coach will just look at him and go like that. Yeah, yeah, they didn't put that crazy motherfucker in the game. <laughs> Ashley, see? I love Mike Epps. My mom absolutely loves Mike Epps. But did you see Steph Curry's reaction? They know this. That's what I'm saying. Like, but if you're it, in that locker room, you know that they laughing. Like, yo, they, they nailed it. He nailed it. He nailed Draymond. It's funny until it's not. <laughs> My guess. It's funny. Here's the thing. It's and we'll move on after this. It's funny in small <laughs> spurts. It's funny when the ejection, you know, comes and it, it was, you know, uh, Rudy Gobert and Clay Thompson were getting into and you came and you you like it's you could go ahead and say, dude, like whatever, but you understand that and that you're willing. Slapping this man across the face was unnecessary and it was a self-inflicted wound. No, I, that was a winnable game for them. No Kevin Durant. 
That's one of those games. You could have won like, that game. Bro. You only lost by like, three. Come on, bro. But you know what? When you go in the locker room, ain't nobody saying nothing to Dre. Dre over there, la 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 la, getting dressed, and everybody just looking like this. And as soon as Dre peek over at you, they go, they look like this. Steph Curry included, Steve Curry included. Ain't nobody saying nothing to Dre. Listen, we will go ahead and see what the NBA does with uh, this Draymond Green situation. It's more than likely a, another suspension is coming his way. So we'll go ahead and keep our eyes and ears open for that. Um, moving on, Tommy Cutlets, a.k.a. Tommy DeVito. Hey, hey DeVito, DeVito. DeVito. <laughs> this means a lot of different things in Italian culture. Um, go get him. It means go get him. It means fantastic. <laughs> it means go... Your mother, like, it means a lot of things. Beautiful. Um, it means a bunch of different things. It depends on how you use it. So what were they doing? What did it mean it when they like, were It means like, hey, go get them. But, <laughs> like, if you use it, like, Mamma Mia is like, oh, the food's, like, amazing. And then also this is how you can tell someone to, like, go F off. Like, okay. or you can also go like this. Oh, he's doing it. He did it. He yeah. does that when he comes it's out? It's a very Italian thing. It's a very Italian gesture. They yeah. love him. And you can also go, this is, like, more of a curse this, tells, yeah. this is telling someone oh they're about, doing it so this is a thing this in new york thing. every i seen an agent doing it in it's his an dad Itali it's an italian i know thing. it's an italian thing but i didn't know he was playing into it and he got his, his last name is devito i know but like he's really doing that's dope this might be the dopest celebration yeah, this year it's it's you know that's dope i like that he's, i like that he's embracing mama mia, my, like when if you ever um go to an italian household so like um my my mom's like this and like my family's like this basically you have to eat and growing <laughs> and like if you don't so like there's multiple courses i'm talking like seven eight nine and it's right, like right. carbs and fish and meatballs and right, cutlets right. and like and you have to find a way to like stomach everything and if you don't they say you're too skinny you need to eat and you're like four courses in right but like one thing that they do is like when they go like this they go Manja, manja, which means eat, like right. eat, eat, right, eat. Right, but it's dope. like I'm five courses in, I got no room left. Yeah, right, like, right. It's like manja, no, manja. But you gotta, you gotta figure out a way and how to stomach all that food because it's coming. Manja, manja, Tommy is eating. He's eating for sure, though. Lamissimo. Uh, well, listen, lamissimo. Listen, Tommy Cutlets, aka <laughs> Tommy DeVito. Uh, the Giants were on the verge of heading to the draft with the number one pick after Daniel Jones went down for the season. But Tommy A. DeVito has re-energized Big Blue and made them more Italian than they've ever been in my entire existence, leading them to three straight wins. Now, there were many people who thought that the, the Giants were going to go ahead and uh, take a quarterback in the first round in the 2024 draft, especially if they finished bad enough. But now they are winning and climbing further and further away from that high draft pick. So the question is, what will the Giants do at quarterback in 2024? Now, if you've watched on the sidelines, mm -hmm. Brian Dayball is in love with this man. Yeah, He has a crush on Tommy DeVito. He yeah. is hugging him, picking him up on the sidelines. Hey, that a boy. But well done. And Daniel Jones is somewhere like, he never looked at me like that. <laughs> he never hugged me like that. You know, like when you when you um break up with somebody and like they treat them better right, right, than they right. treat and you're like, they never did that for me. Yeah, right, That's right. Tommy DeVito and Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is like, he never hugged me like that. <laughs> he never told me you, good you job. Think, you, think, you think Danny Dimes feel threatened right now? Um I would. 
I mean, listen, this guy was in his mom's basement in, in right. East Rutherford, New right. Jersey, like a couple of weeks ago. And now he's, you know, this is essentially the Lynn Sanity of the NFL. You know, Lynn Jeez. Sanity had that moment in the sun and everybody was on the Knicks train and then it died down. Now, don't know if that will be the same situation for Tommy DeVito. Some will say it could be beginner's luck. You know, we saw that with Josh Dobbs, how he came in you know, unprepared essentially. Mm -hmm. And then they went on and had two wins and he lost <clears> one. And um, it could be a little bit of a combination or he, look, look at that. Look at that love affair. He's in love with this man. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, It could also be though that maybe he is the quarterback that just happens to fit better in this offense. Right, right. Um, Saquon likes him. You know, he spoke highly of him. You know, the guys have, have taken some, they're all doing, you know, the DeVito, if you will. So I don't know if I'm Daniel Jones. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit nervous. Right, right. I'm a little scared for my job. Listen, it's a beautiful story, uh, but it doesn't end. Um, it doesn't end amazing for Tommy DeVito. If you're the Giants, like the Giants want to win now, and they, and they almost like for this fan base, they got they have to win now. They've been in, they've been, they've been. Struggling for years now. Okay. So they gotta they gotta get it right at the quarterback position. I don't think you go into next year thinking that this is the guy that's gonna turn around your franchise. Like he can compete for it for sure. But if you're sitting there in position to upgrade at the quarterback position, I feel like you have to do it. I love this story. Um, you know, you're right, the guys love him. You know, they're enjoying him. You know, so we'll see how we'll see how the the remainder of the season goes. The Giants schedule, they have the Saints next. That's a winnable game for them in New Orleans. They'll mm -hmm. enjoy that. Um, they're in Philly. They're, they have the Rams at home, and then they're in, they, have, they play Philly again. And Philly should be nervous, right? Because Philly, they have to – if Philly wins out, the Cowboys win out. Philly has the tiebreaker. They're, they win a division. A lot of playoff implications on the line here. And so if Philly's looking at this, and they're – Struggling right now, just dropped two games in a row. You you can't you gotta take the Giants serious. And you gotta be <laughs> nervous because I think the Cowboys went out mm -hmm. and the Giants could be the difference maker here in this division. Um so you think that Daniel Jones is feeling content and, and okay like with the future of his job? No. No, you're not. No, I think he's 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 nervous as hell. But do you think his job's in jeopardy? Yes, because you, 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 you. So you're not like a full. You're not fully on the Devito train, but you think his job's in jeopardy. Yes, right. Like, Why? I mean, whether it's Tommy Devito uh, competing with another quarterback or even with him, like. Mm -hmm. Well, I they're just not going to be able I to get another think... quarterback. They're winning too many games at this point. You don't. You don't think they're what? Uh, they're not going to be in contention to get a top court. They're winning too many games. They're, yeah, but, they're falling but, but, further and out, further and out of contention. Yeah, but there's that. there's three or four uh, quarterbacks. You never know. We don't know how the first round will play out. But let's say they're sitting at tenth or eleventh. I don't know where they'll be picking. There's been some great quarterbacks chosen. Hell, Lamar Jackson was chosen at the with the thirty two thirty second overall pick. This is true. You know, Aaron Rodgers was the fifth round. There you go. But. Those are anomalies. Like Lamar shouldn't have fallen as low as mm -hmm. he did. Like yeah. let's that's a conversation for a different day. Dax obviously his stack was because of things that happened in college. Right. Like his stock fell. Um he wasn't a fifth round quarterback. He was projected to go a lot higher, but you know, things happened and, and he ended up falling where he did. Um but I say that to say 
if you're the Giants organization, you have Daniel Jones, who you gave money to. You have Tommy DeVito, who is a fan favorite. Yep. The, the guys are buying into him. And also, you have success with him. And even though if it's a small sample size, it's still a level of success, right? Yep. Are you even come the draft even looking for a quarterback because now you have two you can choose from or are you looking more for a wide receiver are you looking more for a tight end at this point I feel like you know everyone has short-term memories so you have Daniel Jones you have this guy in your mind you got two quarterbacks to choose from are you even looking for one if the draft comes around I think this is a great landing space landing spot for Stefan Diggs Stefan Diggs has a relationship with Brian Dayball he wants to be in a big city. He's leaning into the things off the field, building up his brand, building up his business, huge in the fashion. The and man still is not to going win. to the Giants. He's Leave not him going alone. to the Cowboys, Ashley. Says who? He's not going to the Cowboys. I think this is a great spot. I think this is a great spot for Stephon Diggs. So mm-hmm. you don't go get a younger wide receiver He's in the draft, there. which you can. But if I'm the Giants, right, you're open. You, look, you put your draft board together and you look at the possibilities. Guys slide, guys drop. You never know what's going to happen. But the quarterback position, I don't think anybody sold on Daniel Dimes. I don't think that – I think the fan base, if you come back to Daniel Dimes coming off this ACL that doesn't – think about the, 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 the firestorm you have to deal with when if Daniel Dimes come back after his ACL and they're still losing. That's a problem. Now, you know how I feel about it because you look at the offensive line that's been around, him, around Daniel Dimes, uh, the Saquon Barkley being in and out the lineup. They have no dogs at wide receiver, so it's a huge challenge there. But look at the quarterback uh, uh, landscape in this draft. Caleb Williams, they have him on the board as the number one overall quarterback. Uh, Drake May just declared for the draft last week. Uh, North Carolina, they have him at two. Bo Nix, Oregon. Jaden Daniels, Heisman Trophy winner. And at fifth, Michael Penix Jr., dog. Brandon Flowers love him. I so love those him are five too. quarterbacks, right? I don't know if there's going to be five quarterbacks to go in the top ten picks, right? So, not, I don't see the Giants drafting a quarterback in this current situation. <clears throat> Stephon Diggs is not coming. Okay. So that take that out of the window. He's not coming. Why? He's not Just go- like you asked me, like, why? Why wouldn't it make sense? Why would he doesn't want to be in Buffalo? I'm not not disagreeing with that, but let's go ahead and, and let's go ahead and, and look through his history real quick, okay? He went from Kirk Cousins. Before you do that, minute, let's first you got to start with what does Stephon Diggs want? Okay, but okay. I, I got that. In, let's just go through his history real quick. You have he had his stint in Minnesota with yep. Kirk Cousins. Would you say that was a good team? It was a good team. They it was were a good playoffs. Team. It was a good team. Okay. Yep. He goes to. Buffalo, Mm -hmm. Josh Allen, top 10 quarterback, even though he goes through his trials and tribulations, top 10 quarterback, also good team. Really good team. They fall short, good team. Mm -hmm. You then want him to go to the Giants with either Daniel Jones or this guy as the quarterback to do what? You Mm -hmm. think that he can't do his extracurricular endeavors in the offseason and from where – Ever he he wants to as much as he wants to expand his portfolio and fashion and things at one hundred percent he does his stylist is a really good friend of mine um, he also wants to win mm-hmm. and he's not going to win in New York so like at this point we, we, well, we don't we don't he's not winning with the Giants well, he wants to win a Super Bowl he wants to go to a we, place that he can actually compete for one and there are teams that he can do that with one of which his brother plays for. 
the Giants are not on that so list. Like Jerry Jones not. is not going to pay C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott and the offensive line and Stephon Diggs. Well, the offensive line is, is taken care of. Yeah, but yeah, there's only so much money, though. Like You, still, you could I, also I gotta, you, you, you got to pay Michael Parsons here soon. You're you, not paying Stephon You trim Stephon the fat, Diggs. then. You get yeah. rid of a Gallup, who will clear some space. It's only a you couple. Get, you get rid of making. you get rid of some other pieces that you don't need. You can absolutely afford to pay. We're talking I about like the it. Dallas I Cowboys. I like it. I like it. But when you, as a player, you got these buckets, right? And 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 we don't know because we we haven't talked to Stephon Diggs, right? So yeah. like, he's you not have, going to a losing team. You have the Super Bowl bucket, like I, the winning bucket. Of course. You have the city bucket, like am I going to enjoy my lifestyle bucket? You have the production bucket as well, and so and there might be one or two other buckets. But you look at those buckets and you're trying to balance them out. It's like, what's what's the priority here? It's not all just winning. Like, no, there's players. Like, LeBron James went to L.A. because he actually got all his buckets filled. He wanted to win. He wants he wanted the lifestyle for not only himself but for his family. And he wanted to be productive. So he's able to do all of that. But he thought about those things. He Stephon Diggs or any – I don't think there's – I don't think Stephon Diggs is sitting here right now saying, I just want to win. But Stefan also he plays in Buffalo and had his birthday party in the city. It's a flight, like it's it's, it's nothing. Yeah. Like he, he it's it not, was it was four it was probably forty thousand dollars though. That private plane was probably forty five. Whatever. 40, what uh, I'm uh, saying compared is, to a, a driver that can go for two hundred. What I'm saying is is that it's not like it's not in possible city. in the off season. He's in Paris it's doing different. fashion week. Like it it's not impossible, but it's like you only have a small window of your career to win a Super Bowl or go to a winning team. You know this. Giants can get it done. You don't th- you cuz you're looking at it as a player, you're looking at like the defense like all right, the defense The Giants can get what done, Brandon? Let's have they a, get a, you, let's have he's a real conversation at, all right, here. So when if I'm Brian Dayball and you're uh Stefan Diggs, here here we go. All right, defensively, we got Wink, you know, obviously we know who Wink is. Baltimore Ravens legend bounce around a little bit. Now he's our guy. Look what he did last year. Yeah, we traded away big cap, but here's the plan there. We'll be right where we need to be defensively, not concerned about our defense. Mm-hmm. All right. Now let's look at our offense. Mm-hmm. We got to protect our quarterback and we also got to go get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So the quarterback, here's what we're looking. We got five guys in the draft. Here are the three guys that we like. Mm-hmm. All right. If we can't do that, I also believe in uh, a, a, a DeVito or a Danny Dimes that can hold, hold it and down. And Stephon Diggs is where I would have been like, thank you so much for this conversation. No. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and no, no, no. see you on the flip look, side. Look with, you look just Mike sold Evans. me da- Tommy DeVito. You look, just sold me quarterbacks I'm saying the that plans. have never played. That's not the priority. You just sold me Tommy DeVito. You sold me Daniel Jones. You told me you off your offensive line cannot protect the quarterback, which Free to, agency, me, which the to me means if your offensive line co- cannot not protect the quarterback as a wide receiver, I'm thinking, well, then how the hell is he going to get okay. me the ball? Okay, watch this. You also just sold me watch a this. bunch of quarterbacks in the draft who have never played an NFL game. M- I don't know what the hell Mr. they're going to be in Mr. the, in the, in the, Mr. In, in the, I hear the you. league. I hear you, but sit down. Don't leave yet. Teter Burrows is, is there. The private plane is there. We, we got time. You know, you got the PJ there. You don't have to go through TSA. I'm not talking about TSA. I want to go to Soho and shopping. This conversation is boring. Oh, you want to go to Soho? I you know. can go to Soho every day. You know what? You, there's actually a penthouse but there that you can But you know you what can I rent. can do every day on this team? Win football games. Yes, you can. And Let I want to win. I want to win more than I want to shop right Houston. now. Houston. Houston Texans. They went in the draft and got it done and turned it around. You don't think we can do that? It's the New York Giants. The Houston we Texans aren't agency. going to win anything. They're, they look good. They look better than what a lot of people anticipate they were going to. I will give you that because I was one of those people like, I don't know what the Texans are going to look. They look not – you said yourself when we were talking about – 
the when we had the first conversation about the Patriots, the first thing we said is you draft a quarterback in the draft, you have no idea what version you're going to get. It could be the exact carbon copy of the college version, and you get a Deshaun Watson right. situation or a C.J. Stroud situation. And his first few years, you're like, oh, my God. Like, this is the second coming of freaking Cam Newton. Or you get a Mac Jones, who's a bust right now. Or you get a quarterback who you need to go ahead and invest two or three years into because he's not quite there yet. There's a lot of promise, but he's not going to win you everything. He may win you a couple of games here or there. You think as you think as Stephon Diggs, who top one of the top receivers in the NFL, who's 30 years old, yes. wants to go ahead and wait for any of those outcomes? Yes. No, he yes. wants to win yes. now. He's yes. 30. Yes. Okay. Yes, we will see. Watch. It okay. makes the most sense. Oh, okay. cool note here. DeVito. He and Zach Wilson won player of the week in their conferences. New York has found their quarterbacks. Did they find their quarterbacks? That's what we've been discussing. Ashley and I are on different pages here, but that's a cool little note. Zach Wilson, they said he was done. They wanted, they tried to drive him out of the city and DeVito, they're embracing him. It's going to be interesting to see how the remainder of the year plays out for these guys, Ashley. It shall be interesting. So listen, do you want to talk some Derrick Rose? Or do you want to go some Pepsi? I'm going to give you flip the Derrick coin. Rose. You want Derrick Rose? Okay, Derrick Rose. here we go. Before I go ahead and dive into Derrick Rose, I want to go ahead and, and let everybody know some changes going on. So for the remainder of December, before the revamp of Paper Route in January, we will be visual Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So we'll still get hump day, Tuesday hump for Pepsi Rookie of the Week. Will still be visual. And then Monday, Thursday will be audio only. So if you're watching on YouTube, like many of you are right now, go ahead and make sure you remember Tuesdays and Thursdays is when you can see my face and Brandon's face. Um, <laughs> and Monday, Thursdays is where you guys can hear us on Series XM Faction Talk 103. Okay? Okay. All right, Derek Rose, the Ring of Honor. Um, oh. the Chicago Bulls unveiled their inaugural class for their Ring of Honor. So this is, for people who don't know what a Ring of Honor is, quick explanation. It's just a, essentially names across an arena or a stadium that just immoralize and um, idolize and just honor the best of the best when it comes to that particular organization, uh, players who have come, players who have gone. So the inaugural class of the Chicago Bulls Ring of Honor includes Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, just to name a few. But they forgot one player. Now, there's eight players making the cut. There they are right there. So you see Phil Jackson also up there, a bunch of legendary players. But fans noticed that there was one player missing, and that is Chicago's very own mm. Derrick Rose. Mm. Mm. I'm sitting here looking at his stats right now, Ashley. So first off, mm -hmm. you know, the guys that you have up there, <clears throat> they're champions, right? Um, all of them. And so we have to lead with that. Now, when you look at the stats and look at the fandomonium around some of these guys, like Tony Kukoc, I was a huge Tony Kukoc fan, but when you, compare, when you compare the stats, Derrick Rose's stats are better. But when you look at Derrick Rose's stats, he was in Chicago for six years, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years. And, you know, obviously had the, the huge year we won MVP. league MVP. But the first year as a rookie, 16, uh, average 16 points. Then 20, then 25, one league MVP. 21 points, 15 points, 17 points, 16 points, right? So statistically, 
It's not like he did anything crazy outside of the MVP year, right? But when you think about the love and the story behind him being a Chicago boy in the city embracing him, it makes sense from that aspect, but from a pure basketball aspect, I don't know if it makes sense. Really? I disagree. Mm. I disagree because, you know, Derrick Rose's career, obviously, it's one of, you know, I don't have many, like, regrets when it comes to sports, like, because um, it's not yeah, my life. Right. But Derrick Rose was, I'm a huge Derrick Rose fan, and, um, you know, the injury that changed his game, the injuries, just truly, I just feel like we were robbed of such an incredible, illustrious career. Mm -hmm. Like, he, he was able to figure out, you know, his role post that. But my God, this Derrick Rose, Chicago Bulls Derrick Rose pre-injury was just unbelievable. I mean, it was watching poetry in motion for real. Like, Ooh, it just, that. <laughs> it's been a, it, the, 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 like, post the 90s Bulls, you never, you didn't see anything like this on, in this uniform. Yeah. Like it was just a travesty what happened. Um, so this is this is John ja Morant, like John. Ja, this is John ja, ja Morant this, this before John ja, ja Morant. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Was. That's yeah, right. This is, but and this is why I always say about John ja Morant, he needs to go ahead and figure out his mid range and his three pointer so he doesn't have to play so explosive because that's what hurt Derrick Rose. That's right. He needs to stop like throwing with his body and hitting the floor the way he does because that's what happened. Right. Derrick Rose played the exact same way. Um, I say all that to say, though, I disagree with him not going into the ring of honor because Derrick Rose revived this organization. After the mm. Chicago Bulls era, you nobody... You the Jordan era. Yeah, like after the Chicago 90s Bulls yeah. era, the Michael Jordan era, nobody was checking for the Bulls. Mm -hmm. They went almost like obsolete. Like it was like yeah, it they was didn't brutal. exist anymore. Then Chicago, I mean, then Derrick Rose comes, the kid from Chicago, essentially... You know, like the kid from Akron, the kid from Chicago, and just revitalizes this entire organization. And people are watching Bulls well, games again. People are wearing Bulls jerseys again. It's Derrick Rose who did well, that. Well, look at this, though. I, I hear what you're saying, but look at this. It, it may be, it's just like, look, it's the first time they, they introduced this, so we got to go with, like, the ones that are just solidified. Right. Maybe he's around the second wave. Maybe that's what they're thinking, right? Because, like... I mean, Tony Kukoc would be the only person on here who's like, ah, he could have, he could have, he could go in on a second wave. But do can we really, can we really see Derrick Rose going in with Pippen and Jordan and Phil Jackson? Yes. I don't know, Ashley. I don't think so. I can see him. I can see him in a second wave. Because I can see him in a third wave. We're talking about like, remember this or this version of the Ring of Honor is a very specific era, yes. right? But if you're looking, at, if the Ring of Honor is supposed to just idolize and honor important Bulls members. That's right. Of past. The best of the best. The Not, best no, no, the no. Best. The best of the best is the Ring of Honor. Okay. So if, if the Ring of Honor is supposed to idolize and honor the best of the best when it comes to the Chicago Bulls, Derrick Rose is very much in that conversation. After the 90s Bulls, he was responsible for making people come to Bulls games again. Look at the crowd. That's right. That did yeah, not, after Jordan and them were done, you would be lucky to Listen. see that <clears throat> arena half full. Derrick Rose was the one who revitalized not only the Bulls, but the city of Chicago. Listen, I was They had there. someone to get behind again. That's and right. that was him. How you don't put him in that ring of honor with those guys. He is just as instrumental and important to the history of this organization as those guys that came before him. Listen, I was there. I was in Chicago. We lived in the same building. 
we used to drive around the city together at times. Like, and it was, it was uncomfortable for him. Like being with D Rose and just listening to him talk like that fandom, you know, wherever he, wherever he uh, went, he would have felt the same way. Cause he's a, uh, he's a little, he's, he's, he's a, he's, you know, he, uh, what is it called? He's an introvert, mm-hmm. right? He's very shy. Very, very. So it felt that way anyway, but in Chicago, it was on a, just a different level because he was home. It was like he was the prince. He was the he was the prince of the city, and so like I was there. I seen it. I felt it. But I I can't put him in this first wave. I would put him in the second wave. Why don't there's you, more to come? Why don't you put? But let's think because about the those sec- are because like he, he just he delivered Zach an Levine? MVP. He delivered it. He 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 gave us that amazing year, that MVP year, his third year in the league, and he also. You know, had this crazy energy that you're talking about. Revitalize this team. Revitalize the basketball community there. But, like, I don't – that's not enough. But what I'm asking you is, like, if he goes in the <clears> second <throat> wave, who's in the second wave? There hasn't been a more instrumental, monumental, influential Chicago Bull since Hor- him. I mean, like, the second wave. Let me see. How many years did Horace he, Grant play there? He's the only one. Like, that's what I'm saying. If we're going to go ahead and honor – Yes, yeah, it's, it's tough to get best. in there. It's him. Um, like, let me see. after him, there's nothing I can left. See, I can see Horace Grant oh, and D. On. Rose. You don't put a Steve Kerr in there, Bill Cartwright. Come on, Brandon. You're, you're comparing apples to oranges right now. When we're talking the best of the best, you're looking at it. No, Bill Cartwright. For Chica- the Chicago Bulls, the best of the best is this man right here, D. Rose, number one. Like, there is no second wave. After him, there's nothing left. When he no. left. Oh, yeah, it is. You can't put him left, up there with MJ. When he left the Bulls, what has become of them since? Nothing. They're non-existent. They had a small window of time when Zach Levine and, and Lonzo, and you really thought that, oh, my God, this may be the revitalization of this what organization of the- that people have been waiting for, and it fell apart within a month. He is the last one yeah, but- to make this team really yeah. relevant culturally, impactfully. No, see, within culturally the ga- is what you're leaning game- into the most. Also within the game of basketball. He was the last one to make the Chicago Bulls a team that when you had to play them, you were like, oh, damn, we got to play Chicago. He was going at LeBron's neck. I, he was going he at was, my neck. He was. He was he fearless. Was. He was dominant. He was something we've never seen before. He was like a combination of some of your favorite players of all time. And injury changed that. But there was nobody who did okay. what D. Rose did for Chicago after the 90s. And it's a shame that they, they did him like that. Yeah. It's a shame that he did him like that. Right. Well, we'll and he's see. not even retired. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. He's in Memphis right now. You know what? That's probably the reason. Because That's the reason retired? you got to be retired to go into the ring of fame. We don't. We just wasted 20 minutes talking about this. They don't put dudes in the ring of fame and a ring, ring of, of honor, honor. The ring of honor when you're playing. Like, what are we talking about here? We just wasted. You know who the last? <laughs> we just you know who the last so MVP was the Bulls had? That guy right there. But but do you understand what you know, I'm just saying? We know we just wasted right 20 there. minutes, 15 minutes. I don't think that you don't. You can't go into the ring of honor. Why? When you're still active. Why? No, that's that's exactly why they probably didn't even put him in. It just doesn't happen. There's never been a player that goes into the Hall of Fame. There's never doesn't been mean a it player that, that's been active going into the Hall of Fame. Doesn't or mean it's in a rule. <laughs> oh my goodness. Just means it hasn't we just, happened. We doesn't just wasted 15 minutes talking about this. He still plays. I'm like, what are we talking about? He's in Memphis and he's he's, he's having in some, Memphis. He's in Memphis. He's in Memphis. <laughs> um listen, we're gonna switch gears a little bit. It is now time for Yo, Rookie, presented by Pepsi Zero Sugar, NFL Rookie of the Week. 
fear. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So listen, I'm just going to go ahead and remind you guys to vote for your favorite rookies from the nominees for week 14 at NFL.com slash voting slash rookies. And if you forgot who those nominees were, no worries. I got you. Here we go. Throw them up on the screen for me, BC. Here are our week 14 nominees. All right, let's run through this. We got Jameer Gibbs. Um, wait, 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 wait. This is what's what? What? Bijan, Chase Brown. No, we got, we got a, it's a little bit of a mix here because Will Levis should actually be where Jameer Gibbs is. So that's mm. a little bit of a mess up right there. No worries. Uh, we'll fix that on post. But listen, Will Levis led the Titans to a miraculous Monday night football comeback over the Dolphins on Monday night football, like I said, and on the road. So he upset the Dolphins. Titans get the win. It's not a good day for the Dolphins, but it's a real good day if you like mayonnaise in your coffee. So shout out to Will Levis. Okay, throw that up one more time because the rest of the guys are right. We got Bijan Robinson. He had 88 total yards and one rushing touchdown for the Falcons. We have Ivan Pace. He recorded 13 tackles, a sack, and an interception in the Vikings' win. We have Brandon Aubrey, my kicker from them Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Uh, he ha was four for four on field goals, including a 59er and a 60-yarder. We have Tommy A. DeVito. He led the Giants to a third win in a row on Monday Night Football over the Packers. And last but not least, that guy up there, number one, Chase Brown, had a total of 105 yards and one touchdown in the Bengals' win. And speaking of Chase, Brandon spoke to him yesterday. Run it. Mm. Joe Burrow definitely brings a, a different energy to the table. You can, you can, you can feel it, but... Um... It's definitely disappointing because you know how much work he put into the season, um, how much passion he has for the game of football. And I know, I know watching um, these games, uh, that's painful for him. And I, you know, I hate um, seeing somebody go through that. So, um, you know, praying for him. I know, you know, I know he's going to uh, make a huge comeback from this injury. It's just, it's just timing. But, you know, on the flip side of that, Jake Browning, I mean, he he's a dude too. So, uh, you know, it's not like it's not like we feel like we can't go win games with Jake. Well, like Jake did. is Jake's a dude. He's he's playing at an extremely high level. Brandon, uh, impressions of Chase, who I learned from you as a twin. Yeah, as a twin, his brother was drafted before him, which was a a, a great moment for the family, for him, for all of them involved. But it was tough for Chase because Chase had to wait a little bit. His brother was drafted as a safety to the Philadelphia Eagles. They're from Canada, super fly. Canada. 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 Um, he actually he's going to be here down here in South Florida training. You know, so I'm uh I'm uh I'm excited to get to know him a little bit more. But you know, I love your rookie because you get an opportunity to really sit down and learn uh, who the next stars of the NFL would be. This is his first time on the board being nominated. Uh, you know, I challenged him to think like a pass catcher and a receiver, so he set up for success in four or five years when he's at the table. I asked him, I said, what's your position? He said, running back. I said, you sure you want to say that? <laughs> right? Like he had 100 yards, went over 100 yards, but 80 of them was through the air. So he was a pass catcher, right? And 20, only 20, you know, uh, from handoff. So... You know, this is the modern running back era, 
And if you want to get paid and that be uh, stood up like the guys that mm. came through this year, you got to do what he's doing. So uh, that was a pretty cool part of the conversation. But that's your rookie right there. That is your rookie. Listen, a reminder to you guys, if you want to vote for any of the nominees that you see um, for week 14, make sure you head over to NFL.com slash voting slash rookies. NFL.com slash voting slash rookies. Now, a reminder, voting closes at 11 a.m. and the winner will be announced at noon. And this has been Yo Rookie, presented by Pepsi Zero Sugar, NFL Rookie of the Week. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What's up, y'all? The Home Depot Retool Your School program is back on the yard and back at it again, bringing up to $150,000 in campus improvement grants to help upgrade and uplift your favorite HBCU campuses. Not only is Retool Your School partnering with HBCUs, but it's also inviting you to join by voting online only at retoolyourschool.com slash vote. You can vote as many times as you want, as often as you want, whenever you want, now through March 24th. If you want to support change across HBCU campuses, all you have to do is vote. So keep doing, keep building, and keep supporting HBCUs at retoolyourschool.com slash vote. Retool your school powered by purpose. All right. So listen, we're going to go ahead and uh, take a little trip to Pittsburgh. Mm, You're familiar Pittsburgh. with Pittsburgh? Yeah. I'm okay. From Pittsburgh. What's going on in Pittsburgh? So we're going to take a we little good? trip to everything Pittsburgh. In, everything good? I don't in Pittsburgh? know. You good? Let's go ahead and yeah, see. I think we good. Uh, Big Ben, a guy you probably know pretty well. Yeah. Pittsburgh legend, if you will. The Steelers, they're not playing great football. They're not playing terrible football. It's kind of middle of the road football. But for Big Ben, it's just not good enough. And things may have hit a low point for the team after losing to the Patriots at home last week. And Big Ben is putting his two cents in. And he says, you know what? It might be bigger than what's happening on the field. It might be things that are happening in the locker room, meaning maybe the Patriots, or rather the Pittsburgh Steelers way, <laughs> if that's such a thing, Never is no it. more. Take a listen. Bring guys in that are veterans. But they're not – just because they're a veteran football player doesn't mean that they're a Steeler. Like, they know what it is to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Um you know, when I left, I was kind of the last guard there, obviously. Like, Pouncey left the year before, Dave left. Like, those guys left, and it was like, I was the last one. There was such an age gap for me and everybody else on offense that there just wasn't that Steeler tradition passed down. And I just – you have it on defense, don't get me wrong, but you don't have it on offense right now, and it's, it's just making it really hard. You're not seeing, in my opinion, the toughness on offense. Um, and, and I say toughness in the sense of a Steeler toughness. Mm. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with like, like okay, this guy's soft. Or like, who's who's grabbing someone by the face mask and being like, uh-uh. Yeah. That's not, no, that's not, not what, what we do. That's not yeah. what we do. Um, is that happening? You know, and, and yes, again, 
you have guys on defense doing it, but you need guys on both sides of the ball doing it. Because when you're in offensive meetings, when you're in offensive huddles, when you're doing that, you're meeting separately. You need someone to stand up in that room on offense mm-hmm. and be like, hey, this, 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 isn't, this isn't what it means to wear the black and gold. Yeah. I agree with Big Ben. I agree with Big Ben. Um, Why? Yeah, I mean, you, you have to have that, you know, you, there's a philosophy, there's a culture in every organization. Uh, and when, you, when I think about the Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, I can go back in the day to uh, Bobby Brister uh, and, you know, so many others. But, like, I think about Heinz Ward. I think about the bus. You know, I think about guys like that. And, you know, the offensive line always was tough. Who is that guy now? They don't have it. Right, and I think he's really talking about George Pickens, um, the receiver. Right, there's been a few situations this year, and it's like who is keeping everyone in line. Now, if I'm him, I feel the same way as a wide receiver. Uh, no wide receiver wants to go out there and not be productive, not be involved. But they need to have leadership, and they don't have that on the offensive side. They're still it's sad, but they don't even have an identity. Mm-hmm. Back in the day. Uh, not even back in the day, but up until like last few years of Big Ben, because they got away from their identity as well with the last few years of Big Ben. Their identity was uh, uh, zone blitz on defense, three, four zone blitz, and they're going to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Tough. They're still doing that on defense, but offensively, like, who are you? What, what, who, who are they? What do they do well? Let's talk about Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Who are they? What do they do well? Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, who are they? What do they do well? Josh Allen, who are they? What do they do well? Like Patrick Mahomes, who is he? What do they do well? Tua, who are they? What do they do well? You can define it. We as fans outside looking in, we can talk about it. The Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't know. So I think Big Ben is absolutely right here. And sometimes we don't want to hear from our retired but, old vets that's sitting on the sideline. There will be pushback within an organization. But he he knows. He knows. But I don't think the I don't think the Steelers ever had a way. You know what I mean? Like when he says that I know Bobby Brister wasn't the, the hold he's on, the so I'm last sorry, the, the chat. Of- the cat, the, ch- the chat right here going crazy. Sorry about that. I know he wasn't, but I'm going back. That's my era and my day when he was there and then all the other guys like, come on now, foster at running back. Like, I get it. I know. I know. But go ahead. Sorry, Ashley. No, like, I'm just confused because I don't feel like he, I don't feel like there was ever a, a Steelers way. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would ever watch a Steelers game or reminisce on certain Steelers teams and say, yeah, that was the Steelers culture. Like, they they didn't have a culture that was so infamous mm-hmm. that you knew, like, the Patriots had that. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys have mm-hmm. that. Yeah, the the Cowboys always – the Cowboys have a culture. It's very much like no. star first, polished, like, don't go against the no. star, don't do anything to – like, it's very much that. The, the, That's their culture. The Steelers all absolutely have a culture starting with – What's the culture? Even going before uh, Coach Tomlin, Coach B- Cower, Bill Cower, tough. That's what he was saying. It's tough. That's not a culture. That is a culture. No, a culture no, is a. Actually, that's it. It's that's the way that they play. No, but it's that's everything. Not a it's culture. a mindset. It's a think about. It. It's a mindset. It radiates throughout the entire building. What he said was in the meeting room, having someone hold guys accountable on the field, grabbing someone's face mask. That is culture. Culture is what basically what he's saying is shut the hell up, stop complaining. So how does he know that 
that's not happening now. Because it's not. Because you can see on the side and look at the last five weeks, six weeks, there's always something happening on the offensive side that has nothing to do with, like, football. It's someone complaining or whining, which happens in football. But he's saying, who is the leader standing there saying, get in line? Joey Porter's of the world, right? On Mike Pounty's of the world or Marquise Pounty's of the world. They don't have that. They don't. I mean, I don't Every know. Every team had. I don't know if Big Ben is, is quite, you know, the spokesperson I would want to talk about culture and uh, what's good culture and what's bad culture. So, like, I don't know if he's. Why not? Because he's not. That's off the field. We're just talking about football. Does that not apply to culture? We're talking about his culture, football culture, the Steelers culture. Does that not reflect on the Steelers? No. Does we're that... talking about football. Okay. We're talking about football culture. He's just talking about grabbing a guy by a face mask, holding guys accountable. Um, yeah. I mean, we could also talk about, was it Antonio Brown on this team? Yeah, and he had the Steelers culture. He was tough. That was the so Steelers the culture, culture. Okay, so the culture of upholding the Steelers' way only applies to when you're on the field. See, when I'm talking about culture, I'm talking about how the players within that culture also conduct themselves off the field. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's part – yeah, that's, that's – Is that not tied to the culture Yeah, of the but team? there's been several of Cowboys or Patriots that's got in trouble. Aaron, uh, Aaron Hernandez was in a, probably one of the greatest, uh, let's say, Patriot way was a culture, and he killed several people. He's a mass murderer. Dude, but post that, when it's when we talk yeah, about guys, culture, there's who? a kid that's suspended this year. The cornerback was, uh, on, I don't know if he if he's on a, uh, the commissioner's exempt list, but he there, every see every team deals with stuff. I just feel like you can't. We can't say that. I like, just feel like Big Big Ben's a little bit of a hater. Uh, yes. Because from I, he, the Kenny Pickett situation. There's times. To this. Yes. To like, I just feel like he's a hater. Like every time he's talking about the Steelers, it's very much back in my day. And when I was the leader of the ship and when I was the changing of the guard. And bro, like that was like five here, years ago. But like, here's let's the thing move, though. Like it's just very much, it gives me I, hater. It gives I, me I hater. agree. I agree with you. Like, you know, there's not too many times I agree with Big Ben. Um. And I've obviously been following the team for a very long time and playing against them. You know, but, like, let's be clear here. I'm sure on his podcast, he's he said a, 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 some amazing things about the players and the Steelers, but that doesn't go viral. So when we hear Big Ben say something like this, of course this is the clip that they're going to pull and it's going to go viral. It's, so, his, it's his own but, thing putting these right. out, though. No, it's it's yeah, but anybody can clip it, Ashley. No, but these are coming from his own. Of like, course, it came from his platform, but, like, Bleach Report can take it and No, clip what I'm it. saying is the clips that the podcast puts out are these clips. They're cutting their own socials I, and putting it out. Well, I don't, and it's being I don't know their social plan, but what I'm saying is from a process standpoint, you know, Big Ben, like the, the Steelers are in an offensive leader in an imploding phase right now. And so, of course, that's going to be a topic. Mm. And I think that he handled it perfectly. I, I, I agree with him here. You know, offensively, there's no identity. And I, I, don't see the, I don't see the Steelers' way on the offensive side. And that's why they're really struggling. But they were struggling when he was there the last couple of years because all he wanted to do was throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, and he had like a noodle arm. And it's like, no, like Mike Tom's like, we got to get back to the Steelers' way, and that's running the ball. So it's it started before he even left, you know, where there was a changing. And he talked about that. He's like, I was the only guy there, you know, and there was a huge age gap. So Well, maybe offensively the Steelers may be in a little bit of a better position mm -hmm. 
if he wasn't a hater and he embraced Kenny Pickett and took him under his wing when he was on his mm -hmm. way out and Kenny Pickett was on the way in and showed him the ropes and showed him the Steelers way and showed him, you know, how to be a leader of this team, maybe this team would be in a slightly better position if he had the leadership of one of the most famous quarterbacks for the Pittsburgh Steelers that there ever was. But he decided he wanted to be a hater. So maybe he should also do some self-reflection and wonder why the Steelers' way didn't ended with him. That's mm -hmm. also a conversation to be had. That is a conversation. But I digress. That's a conversation. But I digress. Um, we're going to move on. We're going to play a little game. Brayden likes games. Let's do it. We're going to play a game of dead or alive. Dead or alive. Ooh. You scared? Ooh, no. All right. Listen, dead or alive, here, here are the rules. I'm going to bring up a team, okay. and we're going to decide if that team is dead or alive when it comes to their chances for the playoffs. You ready? Uh, go. All right, here we go. First up, a team we were just talking about, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, right now, they're 7-6 and six and currently in the playoff field. But they haven't really looked like a playoff team all season, even though they're finding ways to win. Now, Kenny Pickett is out. Mitchell Trubisky is in. But um, Pittsburgh, dead or alive? Um, they're dead. Ooh. Yeah, you have the Colts that's playing really interesting football this year. The Bengals seems to be back on track. Seattle Seahawks in the, in the NFC. And you have the Ravens finish up with the Ravens. So I think they're dead. Okay. Am I supposed to be quicker because you know I can be long-winded? Like, what do you no, want No, we got some time if you really want. Okay. If, you're, if you're really passionate about it, we can really dive into it. Okay. But we'll move on to the next one. I feel and, like and, you'll be okay. more passionate yeah. about this one. All right. The Jets, right now, 5-8. and eight. 14th in the AFC, we have reports that Rodgers may be medically cleared by Christmas. So that's in about two weeks. All right, gang green. Yeah. Dead or alive? So they're dead. And, and you got to look at it. Let's go back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers. On the, side the Pittsburgh Steelers are in a hospice. Like, I, I don't even know if I can, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, Brandon, listen. give a different example. <laughs> Jesus. I know. I know. I'm, I'm not trying that to be. That was not I'm nice. I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, insen in, was it insensitive. Insensitive. That's not nice. I'm not trying to be insensitive. But they're, they're like, y'all came with the game dead or alive. But what I'm trying to Life say support, is. maybe. The, the, we're at the wake for the Jets. We're at the wake. That's that's what's happening here. It's like, damn, like, we're, we're grieving it. It's like, damn, this just happened. And it's like, we're, you know what I mean? So the Jets are dead. And okay. I'll get off of these comparisons. Um, listen, the report that Rodgers is expected to be medically cleared by Christmas Eve. How do you feel about that? You've been asking for this, so you're wishing their command. Nothing, nothing, nothing's changed for me. I think it would be great for him as a player to get back out there if he feels that he can protect himself. Um, I think it would be great for the guys there. You saw them after they won the game um, this past week. Who did they play? They played the Texans, beat the brakes off of them. You saw how the guys ran up to Aaron Rodgers and embraced him. Like, so there's still a lot of juice there. It sucks that they're not where they – they're not in a strong position. It would have been, been, been dope for them to be sitting there end of December and right there in the wild card, and then this guy comes running back on the field. Um, they're not going to have that moment. They're dead. They won't make the playoffs. Um, but I think he should come back. I really do. If he feels that he can protect himself, I think he should come back. All righty. Um, the Chicago Bears, 5-8, and eight, 12th in the NFC. Um, listen, if they win out, they could theoretically make it interesting for a final playoff spot. So, Brandon, Chi-Town, yeah. how do you feel? I feel really good about Chicago. I've been saying this for a couple of weeks. Uh, I also said that the Chicago Bears will win these last two, and they did. Um, 
The Chicago Bears is a team that everybody in the NFC should fear. Now, when you look at the Chicago Bears record, uh, you have the Chicago Bears uh, at the Browns. They, that's a winnable game for them. It'd be tough, but that's a winnable game for them. They have the Cardinals. Kyler Murray, what are you going to get from Kyler Murray? But that's a winnable game for them. And then you have the Falcons, and then you have the Packers. Uh, they open up the year with the Packers, and they lost. So I know they want some get back there. Um, those are four games that they can win. I don't see the Chicago Bears getting into the playoffs at 9-8. and eight. I just don't see that happening. I think you have to win at least 10 games uh, to get in. So you have the Chicago Bears. They're hanging on, but they're dead to me. Um, they're dead. So now when you look at the next one, who do we have here? Who do we have here? We can go to the next one, uh, BC. We got the Rams. Rams sitting here asking Nicole. She went to the bathroom, so uh, she is not here. So I'm going to take over this segment. You have the Rams sitting at 6-7, and seven, eighth in the NFC. The question is, are they dead or alive? They were alive going into this last game, but then they lost. I got them dead. I got the, I got the Rams dead. Sitting at 6-7, and seven, let's look at the, the landscape of the NFC. Um, Dallas Cowboys are in. The Philadelphia Eagles are in. Detroit Lions are in. One of the teams in the NFC South is in. Should they be? Big question. San Francisco 49ers are in. Ooh, sorry. Excuse me. I'm sorry. They're alive. This is the first team that's alive. Matthew Stafford, McVay, playing so they're playing interesting football. I had them. Damn, that's going to be interesting. They have the Commanders, the Saints, the Giants, the 49ers. Oh, they're alive. I have them alive. I have them getting in. All right, next up we have who? Dead or alive is the game. We have to pick. Is this team dead or is this team alive? Next up. We can go to the next one. We don't have a next one. I can't hear you guys. That was the last one. Okay. So here we go. We're going to take a quick little break. You can throw it to four minutes because I don't know what's on the run of the show. What's next? Give me a second. Hold on one second. Ashley went to the bathroom. Hold on one second. It's so interesting. So funny. I love you guys. One thing you got to learn as an entrepreneur and I'll tell you this, I've never seen anyone fail that didn't quit. If you don't quit, you will be successful. The pressure for payroll, the pressure to get up every day and incentivize your team and make everybody know that we're going up in this direction, day in and day out. Then you have naysayers, people who don't believe in you. you gotta, and it can be your family, man, because shit gets thick. Right. And you gotta stay the course. And sometimes you get so into it that you may actually be delusional or you may think you're delusional about your beliefs and your dreams like, man, this shit ain't going to happen. I hear it so much it ain't going to happen. It looks so tough. Why is it going to happen? And then all of a sudden, boom, it's at that moment you get tested that you break through. It's at that moment you, have, you break through. So sticking the course and staying the course and not quitting to me is 
the most important thing you got to do. So that's self-belief. It's not for everybody being an entrepreneur because you know, the, the, the basic secrets of success that people ask you, they're waiting for you to say something and you're like, I'm like, like what's, the, you know, what's the secret to your success? Well, you know, I don't see my family much. I'm traveling nonstop. My sleep is kind of fucked up as a result. I've been in so many different time zones. I live here in Miami since June, right? The last three months, I've been here nine days. I've been everywhere. Saudi, Abu Dhabi, Qatar, London, Paris, LA, San Francisco, like everywhere. I hate that feeling, being away from my family. Yeah. Came up from the hello, mud, hello. it's like I walk around with a shoe stain. Off of Game Five, so people don't gang. realize we what girls go through when they wear certain outfits. So I have on a one. Forever. I have okay. Look, <laughs> I have on a one piece, right? So there's a zipper that goes on in the back. So to get it down when you really had to pee, and I really had to pee. Like, yeah, you um, just left me out here. I was like, uh, I Essie just to, walked off set. Know, I don't I know where to go. To, go to break. You, I tried to hold it, and normally I never, like, if you guys watch the show, I never really leave to go to the bathroom. That's usually you. Right. Beeflo does it. I'm usually good for, like, the 90. Between the water I drank this morning, the coffee that I'm drinking now, I really had to pee. And... I'm wearing a jumpsuit. Wearing a jumpsuit <laughs> when you really have to pee is like the worst. Cause like you're trying to like put your arm behind your back, zip it down, get it down. And like when you take it off, you're sitting there naked, like peeing. <laughs> and then to get it back up, you're like stretching behind to like pull it. You gotta stretch it up a little bit so you can reach the back. It's just a lot going on. I so. was over, I was like, yo, first off, I was like, I had finished peeing like 10 minutes ago. It was in there. Trying I'm out to here panicking, trying to stick up like, uh, Ashley left. Uh, no. Run the next one. Uh, I don't know what's next. Go to break. <laughs> <Listen. laughs> but I'm sitting here. I'm like, there's a couple things that came up for me I when had you to, walked I in. I had to figure one, it out. One, it was like, why the hell is it taking so long? <laughs> I'm like, this is crazy. And then two, I'm sitting here like, is she going to wash her hands? I definitely wash Because y'all get on me all the time. Because that's the, the scenario. I did see. I heard the sink. I heard the yeah. sink. It That's was me struggling for like, if it took me two minutes to pee, Barely. it took me seven minutes to get this back <laughs> that on. That was crazy long. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, Shelly, Shelly, is it Shelly? Shelly says, Ashley, did you wash your hands? How do we know? Um, I always it... wash my hands. I'm like the cleanest person here. Because y'all be oh. getting on me. Yeah, Belly, Belly, excuse me, asked, did you wash yeah. your head? Ashley had a, yeah. a cleansing today. Whatever that means. Yeah, it was just, it was a lot. Like, that's why, just, listen, y'all don't know the buttons, <laughs> zippers, spandex, all that stuff that women be wearing. Um, <laughs> it's, in, it's insane. It's a lot to get through. She, you didn't even give me a heads up. I had you're to, not supposed to You're not supposed to, but <laughs> I wish you could have seen, like, how I was out here, like, uh. Go to video. Go to break. You. I heard you. I had to pee, oh, like, heard, I did. I held it down. I could have, I could have held it down, but. The dead or alive thing, I was like, all right, cool, I can run this. Yeah. Right? But I was like, next one. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, there's no more. I come <laughs> like, out oh, shit, and I see going? a commercial. I'm like, I wasn't even gone that long. <laughs> you were gone I literally <laughs> left you with one, I left you with one team left to dive into. At least five <laughs> minutes, you could have done that. Yeah, <laughs> I could. No, I could. I, I, I did a good job. Chrissy O said I did a good job. I was talking about the uh, Chicago Bears. I went through so many scenarios. Uh -huh. I held it as long as I could. Can we do some Marsh Madness? We're going to do some Marsh Madness. Listen, guys, this little segment here is what we like to call Marsh Madness. 
This is where we give Brandon Marshall the floor to rant about his top five whatever for as long as he needs to rant about it. And this time, he's going to rant about the top five Super Bowl MVP favorites. Brandon, the floor is yours. Yes, yes, yes. So I really appreciate this, right? So when you talk about the top five Super Bowl MVP favorites, this is not MVP. We're not talking about Tyreek Hill. We're not talking about Purdy. We're not talking about those guys. Maybe we will if they make this list. But we're talking about Super Bowl. So what does this mean, Ashley? This means that these are the guys or the teams that I believe that will be in the Super Bowl. And if you're in the Super Bowl, that means you balled out. Mm -hmm. Okay? So you have an opportunity to be up uh, as an MVP winner of a Super Bowl. So here we go. Marsh Madness, top five Super Bowl MVP favorites. I don't know how we're going to roll this out. Are we doing five to one or one to five? Let's start with five. Let's see if that if, if this is the uh, A.J. Brown. There we go. A.J. Brown. This is what I know. A.J. Brown is having a phenomenal year. We're talking about, what, six, seven games in a row of a, or five games in a row, 150 yards, something wild like that. He's having a phenomenal season. For them to get back on track, because this team is off track, they drop two. They may lose another game. Hell, the Giants may beat them in Philly or in New York. For them to get back on track, A.J. Brown got to be that guy. Like, Jalen Hurts is the phenomenal leader. Jalen Hurts is that guy. But when we talk about playmaking ability, like, to get the team over the hump, it's going to be him. So, I still believe in the Philadelphia Eagles to make, to make a run. I'm not, off of, I'm not off of the Philadelphia Eagles. What's happening on this defense, I don't know. How do you go from one of the best defenses out there to now you're at the bottom of the barrel? I don't know, but they got to figure that out. That's what champions do. A.J. Brown is five. Four, we have Brock Purdy, hmm. right? So you look at it, I think there's three teams in the NFC, and I think we, we probably all agree on this. You got the Eagles, you got the San Francisco 49ers, and you got the Cowboys. Any of those teams could be in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Brock Purdy is a difference maker. And I know Cam Newton came out and said that he's not a difference maker. He's a game I think manager. He's a game manager. I disagree with Cam Newton there. I, I understand some of the things he's saying. Like Cam, we got like when you when you talk to Cam, it's like he he doesn't understand like who he is. Like, bro, like you went from Florida to JUCO, from JUCO to Auburn, you won a national championship just like that. You're drafted number one overall. Boom. A couple years later, you're league MVP. Your difference maker is totally different than everybody else's difference maker. But this dude is a difference maker. Some of the other guys on the list, I would say I agree with Ken. You agree? Oh, you agree with Oh, that? We, we talk about that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk We're about not going to agree with it. We're, we're not going to so put Brock Dak Prescott Purdy. on that list. Brock Purdy uh, is on this list. The third, This don't put it up there yet. Don't put it up there yet. Guess Ashley. I want Ashley in the chat to guess who's going to be at three. And this may piss a lot of people off, and I'm I might willing. lose some credibility. I'm going to will it. I'm going to be willing to uh, bet here it's probably uh, somebody whose name rhymes with Bustle Wilson. <laughs> what is number three? Shocker. Russell Wilson. Yo. You know this. It says Super Bowl MVP favorites, right? Yo. Ashley, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Oh, my God. They are probably winning the division. I've been saying this since week six when they were sitting at one and five. Listen to me, please. Sometimes God just gives you a vision, okay? Everything I've said about the Denver Broncos since that moment has been true, correct? 
Yes and no. Even I, t- I told you, I talked to Sierra after a big win. Mm-hmm. And I said, Sierra, y'all got, I said, I did this. She said, what does that mean? I said, one more. Mm-hmm. One, one more what? This is after a big moment. I said, lost. Boy, by hung up on me. They lose to the Texans. Mm-hmm. But then they go and beat who? They win this last game mm-hmm. against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, look what's happening in KC. They'll win a division. The only people in their way, I'm telling you, is going to be the Baltimore Ravens. The Denver Broncos are in position. They're in position. So when you think about Russell Wilson, how great of a story would it be? I was cooking. I burnt the kitchen down. But then I built that shit back up. That's the headline. Mm-hmm. That's the headline. You like that, journalists? Sure. All right. There we go. So Russell Wilson, I know that probably pissed a lot of people off. B. Marshall earned the benefit of doubt. Laugh out loud. KC winning division. No, no, they're not, no, they're not. Big Daddy, this story I can't. CC hung up on you. Laugh out loud. Broncos, do you have a shot, though? They do have a shot. Number two, Ashley Nicole Moss will love this one. This is a team that they'll, they'll probably be in the Super Bowl. Ooh, <laughs> Michael Parsons. A defensive MVP. What? He'll probably have four sacks. He might have the best game. He might have the best game. That we've seen on the defensive side of the ball in the Super Bowl. Like young, Uh in this prime, healthy, energized, talking that talk right now all year, backing it up. You don't think he's going to be juiced? Think about what Vaughn Miller (laughs) did in Super Bowl 50. There you go. I know Ashley would love this one. Here's another one. Okay, if this if Russell Wilson doesn't make it to the Super Bowl, here's the team that will. And I have this team leading the race right now in the AFC. Do you know who it is? Ashley Nicole Moss. Does the chat know who it is? The Baltimore Ravens. It's the Baltimore Ravens. So hold on, hold on, hold on put it up there. So who do I have as the MVP? I'm gonna go. It's gonna be a huge debate. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's what you say. What else? What is the chat saying? Anybody in the chat? Who's gonna be the MVP from the Baltimore Ravens? Okay, chat's taking a long time. <laughs> Do you have any responses it's there? It's a slight delay. It's so, a slight delay. Yeah, we're ahead of, uh, so, so, someone got the Ravens, Ravens, Ravens. Lamar. Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers, Okay, Lamar. there we go. Hey, Christy O, say hey, Christy O, I asked for a name, not hey, I got Christy two o. Lamar, someone said Odell Beckham. Yes! <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. Storylines, Ashley. You're a universe person. You like to sage and do all that stuff. If he didn't get hurt in the Super Bowl that they won in L.A., Mm -hmm. he would have been an MVP. He's coming back to get it. Odell Beckham Jr. got his legs underneath him now. Starting to feel good. Look explosive, smooth. Come on, please. It's going to go through him. So if the Baltimore Ravens there and they win it, Odell Beckham Jr. will be the MVP. Not Lamar Jackson, not Zay Flowers, not A. Christio, Odell Beckham Jr. How do I look? Am I good? Someone said no Tyreek is crazy. Because I don't have the Dolphins in the Super Bowl. They're not going to have – I told y'all that. Y'all need to listen to me. Listen to me. I said it. What did I say the last couple of weeks? Ashley, I've been saying I don't believe in Tua. It's interesting – sorry. It's interesting to me that you have Odell over Lamar with how Lamar has been – Cooking. Three touchdowns, one hand catch, the dances, the cleats, the changing of cleats. Pre-game, he's gonna have some kind of cleat on. He's gonna change that, the outfits. Mm-hmm. The outfit walking into the stadium. 
It's a whole thing. He's already been there before. It's going to be comfortable for him. It's a whole thing. It's a whole production with Odell Beckham Jr. He's going to be the star. He is a star. Did you see the Michael Jackson celebration this past weekend? I did. <laughs> that boy know he be dancing. What's crazy is about Odell, I, I played with him in New York. That's all he does is dance. Mm -hmm. the, whole, the whole day. This is true. The whole day. And here's the other thing. It's so weird, too. Like, you know, I was older and I came into their locker room. But it's like, them dudes was like, they had them on a pedestal in the locker room. Like, Odell dance. And they take out their phones and they record. I'm like, if y'all don't sit y'all ass down. Like, just imagine coming in the locker room, then all the dudes in the locker room like this. Like, he has that type of it factor where he has grown men, other freaking multimillionaires, other superstars like, oh, they'll do it again. I'm going to get a video. It's, <laughs> it's telling you. Jesus. I might have did it once. Well, listen. I might have did it once. I'd like to see <laughs> that show footage. Show me how to do that dance. Oh, how you do it? Oh, <laughs> I would like to see that footage. Listen, before we close out the show, we got a couple of minutes, and we're going to give the platform to the people. That means you. And uh, we're going to allow you guys to ask us any questions. So if you have a question, drop it in the chat. Brandon and I will go ahead and answer it. We're going to scan through them. You know, can't be anything too crazy. That's right but now we're about to do that? We're going to do that now, the last few minutes. So if you got a question... Drop it in there, sports-related, culture-related, life-related, advice-related, whatever it is, drop it in there, and we will go ahead and answer it. Let's go. Um, yeah. Interesting. It's still on a delay Odell here? Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham. Interesting. Yeah, they're, they're, they're listening. It's coming in. I'm watching it right now. It's just it, so we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, you did all your Christmas shopping. You're good? You're no, asking me? did it last minute. Yeah, you. Have you done it? I'm like 90% done. I can't wait to see what I got. <laughs> I'm like 90% done. What you get me? A clue. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, time out. Yo, woo, come in here. Should Ashley get us something for Christmas or no? Now it went from you to, to The whole crew, we a team, we've been rocking for a year. What y'all getting me? Woo, ain't that crazy? What's that? Should Ashley get us a gift or not? Hell yeah, you heard this BC. This from BC who had told me verbatim he does not do gifts, but he receives them. <laughs> BC is different. What's wrong with BC? Oh, here's a good one. Um, no, that Brandon, was a good one. What am I getting for Christmas? Brandon, That's a good here's one. Here's a question. Somebody wants to know what happened with you and Sheldon Richardson on the Jets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, you know, I'm an honest guy. Like, he'll be late to practice every day. He was late to practice every yeah, day. Yeah, late to oh. practice every day. Won't work out. And make weight, do all of that stuff. Oh. It's kind of like what we talking about with uh, Stephon Diggs earlier, right? Like older, like I, I really wanted to win the, I wanted to make the playoffs and have a chance. Uh -huh. That's what I wanted. Uh -huh. So like there was guys like that, where it's just like, what do you do as a leader, as one of the guys on the team? Like how do you hold them accountable? Right. But now you got two lions head to head. Like I'm the type of dudes like, bro, like I'm looking at the clock, I'm stopping practice. Like yo, what we doing here, coach? Like it ain't okay. So. You know, that was my way of doing it. He didn't like it, but it is what it is. Like, you got to be a pro. Okay. So. Um, somebody wants to know, do you think Devin Haney could end up fighting Manny Pacquiao? Yes. Really? Yes. I mean, Pacquiao wants it, and he's going to get it. Like, why not? If I'm, if I'm Haney. I thought Pacquiao was chilling. The fight that we want is Javante Tank Davis and uh, Devin Haney. Right. That's what we want. 
there's so much business around it, I don't know when that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So leading up to it, it'll be a great bag for Devin Haney. It'll be mm-hmm. a great little event. I do would you, do it. Who would you have in the Devin Haney tank fight? That's another Ooh, don't question. do me like this. Don't that's another question. Like that's a question. I'm not answering that. Both of my guys, Javante Tank Davis, have had camps here at House of Athlete. When we talked about business together, Haney has turned into a, a, a dude that I really like. You know, I you know I had an opportunity to interview him mm-hmm. and be around his dad and seeing how they moving and talking to him. I like them. I like them. I ain't betting that fight. I'm not betting that fight. I'm not betting that fight. It's going it's going to end in a draw. Okay. Um, Christian says, B Marsh, Jerry Judy is one of my favorite wide receivers in the league. Do you think he's going to bounce back after the bad game he had last week? Yes. Okay. Sometimes God just like has his hand on. On certain people in certain situations, mm-hmm. the Denver Broncos. Let's ride, baby! Mm-hmm. I told y'all, I told y'all, Russell Wilson, the most winningest quarterback through ten years. How y'all going? What y'all think? Just like that is just going to change? You think it's just like that's going to change? I, I, uh, I just, <laughs> I'm tired of debating you all. Actually, this. I just Denver Broncos. No, it's a possibility. I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not holding on to this, but it's the Dallas Cowboys, Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl. We have one more question before we close out. Are Instagram thirst traps real? Do they actually work? It's a legitimate question. Let me go in these DMs real quick. Jesus Christmas. <laughs> yo, yo, you got to go to the ones that say, you got the ones that say primary, general, and then request. You got to go to general. And then I, I block mines now. <laughs> I can't even receive. I can't even receive certain things. You, why do you like, need to go to your DMs for thirst traps? They're usually posted on the Oh, feed. so what they oh, oh, I thought you was oh. Like do thirst traps actually lurk work on men? Like when a girl posts like a hot picture on her feed, not DMs it, does it is it actually effective? Absolutely it's a thing. 100%. Ashley, you know this too. When you go to the little beaches that you be going to, and you post it, and you post a. Uh, why a are men suit. so easy? What's wrong with you? See, she knows. Oh. Ashley, when you post that, don't your DMs be? I just don't understand why. Hey, because yo. you know what? That doesn't work for. Me. I've never seen a man like on his Instagram like post. I don't know workout. Let's say, and be like, oh yeah, I'm about to slide his DMs. Like, that's, I'm like, I cap. like double that's tap. Cap. No, that's like cap. double tap, and I keep it pushing. I've never. That's, that's your way of telling. Like I'm here because the other photos you ain't you ain't like. Probably no. I've. If I like it, I like it. Like whether you're, whether regardless. But I'm saying that doesn't really work with women. Like women aren't yes, like. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does, Ashley. Yes, it does. Don't do that. There's been several times where you like, you've yeah, seen I it and it's, it's top of, but I've top never of your been mind. Like, I emoji in the DM. No, you're gonna play it smoother. You're gonna play it smoother. That's not how you're gonna do it. You might wait two days. Text like, hey, big kid. <laughs> you, you look like somebody might say that. I hey, big kid. What are you doing? Twelve. Little Google eyes. <laughs> I can't deal with it. Listen, guys, that does it for this edition of Paper Out the Hump Day edition. Uh, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, we have B Flow with us so we can get some of his. Uh, you know, B Flow shy. We trying to get him out of his shell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, do thirst traps work on you? Why y'all in my business? Yeah, bro? right. That's exactly <laughs> what he would have said. Listen, listen for everyone listening on SiriusXM Faction Talk One Hundred and Three. Thank you so much for watching on YouTube. Thank you so much, and we'll be back tomorrow. Bye, guys. Peace.
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.